Jewish audio on Chabad.org. The help of Hashem, we are learning Bavakama Dav Kuvav. We left off on Dav Kuv Hey, Ahmed Bey's five lines from the bottom of the Ahmed. We learned in the previous year the statement that Rabsheshis makes that that when a person is a guardian and he denies watching over someone else's article, even if he did not take a false oath, simply the denial in itself turns him into a goslin, and therefore he now will become chayiv even if an oinus happened, unlike any one of the four shaymanim that always have exemptions, even the borrower will be potted if mesa machmas malacha. But now if a person is a gazlan, as we are learning in this Patek, a robber who wants to return, who will eventually do tshuva and return that which he robbed, either has to give back the article, or has to give back the value of this article as it had b'sha'as ha'gzela. And a denial turns a shaymer into a gazlan. So says the Gemara Mbasiv, Rami Barchama against Rapsheshes. And he quotes a Mishnah in Shavuos that says that the rule of oaths normally are that who is the one that takes an oath? The one that's trying to be exempt from paying. The defendant is the one that takes an oath and does not pay. Normally the rule is, is that if a person is a litigant wanting to extract money from another, that person doesn't swear and receive the money. An oath is done by someone who swears and does not have to give the money. However, says the Mishnah, that if, if the person opposing the litigant, meaning if the defendant, because of some prior misdeed, is now not trusted in Beisden, to take an honest oath, in such a case, here Beisden will throw the oath on the claimant and will have an exception, the claimant will swear and will take or receive the money. Ketzad says the Mishnah, what will be an example of a person who's not trustworthy in Beisden to take an oath? If a person prior to this Dintaram took an oath denying that they know testimony when we now know that oath was false or if a person, God forbid, who was a guardian took an oath denying that they currently have the article that they really do have, or if a person made a false oath, a person swore the stone is gold. In all these cases, being that he is no longer trustworthy, then based in, in a scenario where now they would normally have to take an oath, the oath is thrown on the opposing on the opposing litigant, and they will be in v'noitlen. Asks the Gemara Gavaldig for Imisam. One of the three examples the Mishnah gives is for Before a Shoimer takes an oath that they no longer have the article, first they deny that they have it. And if Rabsheshes is correct, that denying in itself creates, makes the Shoimer into a robber. It's not because of the Shvua. Even before the Shvua, a robber is not believed to take an oath. So that should be the disqualification, just the kfidah. Amri, they answered, Ah, even according to Rabsheshes, there is a huge difference whether this koifer bepikadin has the pikadin in his possession, then he's takavir as a robber. The case of the Mishnah Shvuais will be referring to the koip agam. That, for example, if it is an animal that he is guarding, when he denied having it before the oath, the animal was in a swamp. The denial in itself does not make him into a robber. Why? Because the lot kfiruhu. Because we don't consider just the denial as, oi, he's a robber. Now obviously, if not only he denies, but he takes an oath, even if the animal is ba'agam, then for sure he becomes a robber. But here we're speaking about before the oath, just the kaifir. Why? Because the savar, because this person, is thinking, I will try to evade him. He wants his animal back. I don't have his animal right now. By the time he'll know what to do with me, I'll already go and to the swamp, I'll get the animal and I'll give it back. In such a case, Kfira in itself, even when Absheshus does not make him into a robber, 
However, if the person on top of the kefirah takes an oath, then he's no longer a Adam Nemon, which is the example that we have in the Mishnah and Shavuos. And Teda, let me prove to you that there is a difference whether the animal or the article is in his possession. And dear Abshesha says, Hakafipikadin, versus even Abshesha's being Maida, that if the article is not now in the possession, that denial does not make him into a robber. The Omar of Idi Baravin, a person denies that he owes money, and later he didn't take an oath. He just denies. And it's proven to be incorrect because witnesses testify that he does owe money. Such a person is still However, like Mamish in our case, if a person denies a Pikadin before an oath, and later we find out that he lied because of Adim, he is Pasala Adis. What's the difference? That's the difference. That when it comes to a Milva, we say the same logic. He didn't have the money in his pocket. He didn't mean to be a robber. He's simply buying time. He's evading. When he has it in his possession, what is he buying? He has it. He should have returned it. Denying, ah, Gazlan. Let's remember, he's like in between the era of the Tanaim and the Amairayim. Very similar to Rav. And therefore we can refute an Amaira by a statement that Ilfa makes. Ilfa says, Shvua Kaina, which seemingly means, Mamish this, that only Shvua explains the Gemara, who the Kanya, the concept that a robber is fully responsible, he acquires the article that he stole, then he has to return Kishas Zela. When will a Shemir Pikadin become a Gazlan? Only when he takes an oath. And by the way, everyone agrees to that. Aval Chura Ilfa's implying Kanya answers the Gemara. When did Ilfa say that only by the Shvua is the Shaiman Aveda Kaina as a robber? That's the Kaima Ba'agam. So therefore, his denial could be viewed simply as a delaying tactic. Masha Inkin, if the article is in his possession, even the Kfira will also make him be Kaina wrongfully, but he'll become Chayiv Ba'inasin. Or And now, Gewaldik, the Gemara is going to introduce a statement, a din of Rab, and will spend a nice Amid on trying to understand how and what exactly did Rav say. So, If a person tells another, my money is in your hand, which always means you owe me money. And the other person says, I have nothing of yours. And the person swears in the Beisdin, as we'll clarify further. Says Rabbi Gvaldik Echidish that even Va'achar Kach Bo Edim that once a person takes an oath in Beisdin, that oath is so powerful that Beisdin believes the person who swears to the point that even if after that happened witnesses come to say in our example that he does owe money or witnesses want to say testimony that goes against the oath. Pater Beisdin will not accept the Edom. Because the Ne'emonus that's given to someone who swears in Beisdin is so great that this closes the case. And in our example, even if Edom come and say that he owes money, he's Pater. Based on watch and Emad, and here recording a Pasig and Parshas Mishpatim, regarding the Shemir Chinam, who's denying that he has that article, either he says it was stolen from him, and it says in the Pasig that the Lokach Ba'alav, Ba'alav meaning the owner has to accept the oath and the Pasuk says V'lo Yishalem and now the Shemir Chinam doesn't have to pay meaning says Rav once the owners of the article accept the Shvua that the other side made in court that person swore that he doesn't owe Shuv Ein Mishalem Mamin will never be paid the case will never be reopened and therefore, Rab stands his ground. When Ilfa made a statement, Shvua Kaina, he meant something else. He meant to agree with Rav that once a person takes a Shvua in Beisdin, he acquires whatever that Shvua was going to defend him for. For example, if it is a Milva, I swear I don't owe you money. 
And even if Adam come and say that I owe, Beisdin will not accept it, which is obviously a huge chiddush. Normally we say that Adam is the highest level of clarification. And here Dav seems to be saying that under certain circumstances, Shvua is the greatest type of Birur, to the point that nothing can go against that Shvua. So now we're going to clarify the Din of Rav. Says the Gemara Gufa, eight lines from the top of the Amid. If Reuven tells Shimon, my money is in your hand. In other words, Reuven tells Shimon, you owe me money. I lent you money, pay back. And the other person, Shimon says, nothing of yours is in my hand. In a case where when Shimon is going to take an oath, as we'll clarify later, was this a based and imposed oath? Was it an oath that he made on his own? Was it a case where there's a chiyuv to take an oath, let's say a maidim mixas? We'll get to that in a moment. But here the words of Rav, if Shimon swears, even if Ubo Edim, if Edim later come and say to Uven, did lend money to Shimon, Pater Shimon will not have to pay. Shinemar as it says in Mishpatim. Yeah, there we're speaking about Shimonim, that that once the owner accepts the oath of the litigant, in the case of the Pasuk of the Shimer, Rav applying it to the case of the borrower, then he will never have to pay. So Amar Rav says, Rav, we have to limit this din of Rav. And Rav's words make sense. When it comes to a loan, Dafka, which was the example of Rav, since as we keep on learning Milva, the money is meant to be spent. In other words, that money that Reuven allegedly lent to Shimon, that money belongs to Shimon. What does Shimon owe? He owes him that value. There is a chi of mamain that Shimon has to Reuven. And on that the Pasuk says, Lo yishalem, he no longer has to pay. Avul But Rav says, I were to think that if Reuven gave something and trusted an article to Shimon, meaning, even when it's under Shimon's guardianship, custodianship, that article belongs to Reuven. So I would argue that the words the way Rav is interpreting it, he doesn't have to repay him, is not relevant here. Because when a Shemir gives back the article that he's watching, he's not being mishalem, he's not paying back something from his own pocket, he's simply returning the article to its rightful owner. It never left the ownership of Reuven. So I would think that in such a case, Rav's din does not apply. However, but by the Eibishter, by God Almighty, Amar Rav, Rav himself applied his din by a pikadin v'horaya, the chikas of krabe pikadin ksev. Because the proof that Rav used for his din is from the parshas of Shemirim and parshas mishpatim. It is a case of a Shemir, it is a case of a pikadin. Even by a pikadin we apply this rule. Yosef Rav Nachman, v'kamer l'hashmaitza, Rav Nachman was repeating this statement. That Rav Hune taught in the name of Rav. Eisve Ravacha Barman Yumil Rav Nachman. Oi, how can Rav say this? And now he's quoting a Mishnah. The Mishnah says, Heichan Pigdoini, if someone tells his Shaymer Chinam, where is the article you were watching for free? And Amalei, if the Shaymer responds, Avar, I lost it. Now, a Shaymer Chinam is potter by Aveda. And then continues the Mishnah. Now, the owner, the Mafkid, tells the Shaymer Chinam, Mashbiacha Ani, I adjure you. This is a way of the owner imposing an oath. In other words, an oath will either mean that the Shemir says, I swear that I lost it, or the owner, the Mafke, tells Shimon, I adjure you. And if Shimon says, Amen, which is what he said, that is an oath. So now you have a Shvua that the Shemir made, that he lost it. Then says the Mishnah, Witnesses come later and they say, Ah, uh-uh, Shimon, we saw you consume it. So then, Shimon, the Shemir has to pay the Keren. Let's make something clear. We did learn extensively before in the Samach, Samach Gimel, Samach Dalet, and we're going to learn now more the Din of Hatoyen, Tainas Ganov, that there is a unique Din, that if the Shemir Chinam says, it was stolen from me, and then witnesses come and prove that he himself stole it, he himself kept it. There the Torah says that the Shemir himself is like a Ganav, meaning is chayv to pay kefal. But the din of kefal is only by a Torah Tanaz Ganav. 
Furthermore, if a person swears, like here, I swear that it was lost, if the shaymer would do tshuva and be moida, so that's the whole parsha in Vayikra and the Nasai, that if a person is, takes an oath and then he's moida, keren v'chaymish. Here you had neither. It wasn't hatoyim tanas ganef, it was toyim tanas avit. Here he was not moida. So what is he chayv? He's chayv to pay the karen. So the way Rashi learns, even though the Gemara is going to continue to quote the Mishnah, just from the Reisha, we have a question against Rav. If Rav says that once a person takes an oath, they mamish own it, based and believes him, even if Adam come later, we don't believe the Adam. So according to Rav, he should not even have to pay the Karen. And that's a kasha against Rav. Now let's continue. The Gemara continues to quote the Mishnah. And Toysvus is going to teach us that from the second quote, we also have a question against Rav. Continues the Mishnah. If the person admits on his own, that's the din of swearing and admitting. And the way Toysvus explains, and as we'll see even clearer through the sugya, that the original Havamina of our Gemara is that Rav, wow, made a statement that even by a case of a person taking an oath, he swore, and then he was moida. He won't pay keren chaymish v'asham if the oath that he took was in Beisden. And the Havamina is, is that Rav's din, Rav said that when does the Torah teach us the parsha of keren chaymish v'asham only if the oath was outside Beisden. Wow! But if the oath isn't based, then we mamish believe him, and he himself cannot be moida, which is a huge chiddush. And again, that's something that later we will say that was not the meaning of Rav, but that was the current Havamina, so the kash is even from the Sefer. Answers the Gemara. That when the Mishnah said that if Adam come later, he's chayv to pay the keren, or if Adam ha'atzmi, he's chayv to pay keren chaymish v'asham, that is if he swore outside Beisdin, that oath isn't as uh, strong, that does not give the swearer the ne'emonos that he's saying the truth. And therefore, he could be contradicted by Adam. Rav's statement was that he swore in Beisdin. So Rav Achabar Mayumei, challenges Rav Nachman answering Rav in the safe of the same Mishnah what does it say it says that when the owner tells the Shemir where is my and if he tells him the Shemir it says ah, it was stolen that's the din of so the owner says hey, I adjure you and he says Amen and then if Adam Edom say that he that he the Shemir himself stole it that's the din is like a Ghana space careful. Now, if he admitted on his own, like we had before, here Mishalim, Ken Chemish asks the Gemara again, if you're telling me that the Mishnah is speaking about the Shemir swearing outside Beisdin, this is a rule that we have to remember when the Torah teaches us that Atoyin Tanas Ganov is going to be Chayef Kefal, that Parsha begins with the words, Vikarav Balabayis Elho Elohim, the Balabayis and Parsha's Mishpatim refers to the Shoimer. Interesting. Baolav is the owner, and Balabayis means the guardian. So it says that he takes the Balabayis to the Elohim. We don't say Elohim because it's referring to Beisden, which means that the oath is only an oath in Beisden that ultimately would lead him to be Chayef Kefal. So there it has to be in Beisden. So Amalera Nachman responds, I would answer you a doichik that reisha chutz lebeisden and taka sefer bebeisden. Now one one thing is clear that when we're saying that the sefer is taka bebeisden, and by a toyin tanis ganov that is later contradicted by Adam, he has to pay kafel. Here it's clear that Rav will have to admit that an exception to his rule will be by toyin tanis ganov. Because don't forget that Rav is saying that once a person takes an oath, we don't believe Adam. Well, if you don't believe Adam, why would have to pay Kefal? So Tarantan has gone and could be an exception. And that will be the case of the Seifa. And B'doichik, I can tell you that Teresha, in the case, both the way Rashi learns and the way Teresus learns, both in the case where Adam contradicts his Tainas Avad, or if he himself is Moedem, when the Mishnah says either Keren or Keren Chaymishim Hashem, that's Chutz Lebeizim. Miu, Shinui, Dechikolem, Shinin Allah, I don't want to give you this Dechik. And I'm going to tell you that Eidivi, Eidivi Beizim, that the entire Mishnah speaking about Beizim, and still Veloy Kashem. Khan, when will we say that we will believe the Adam or that we will believe his own admittance that he lied 
and the consequence, Chaymish and Asham, a side of the Kedem, that's Bikafatz, even though he wasn't based in, but here the Shaymer jumped, meaning even before based and tells him, take an oath, he himself takes an oath. That's not a based in imposed Shvua. Even though the Shvua was made Bifnei based in, it's not such a serious oath. And it doesn't give him the trustworthiness that Rav is referring to. Khan, ah, Rav is referring to a case Bishaloi Kafatz, meaning he took an oath in Beisdin that was imposed by Beisdin. That is the oath that according to the Havamino, the only exception will be Tayin Tanas Ganov, that there we will believe the Eidim, Chayv Kefal, but aside of that, even the Din of Moida, that when a person takes an oath under Moida, Kerem Chemesh Asham will not apply when their oath was an oath that Beisdin forced them to take, and he took it, Bezdin won't even believe, won't even believe him when he's Maida and he won't be Chayv anymore. The case is closed. Okay, continues the Gemara. Omar Rami, Nachman, Michti, behold, that the Rav you don't agree with this Chiddush of Rav. So why is it that Mashkune Nafshach? Adarav Lamalach, why are you pledging your soul to Rav? Why are you defending him? Amalei, to which Rav Nachman responds, and this is an important rule. So what that I don't agree with him? Rav made a statement, and Lefarusha Lederav, I am trying to explain Rav Shita. That the Rav The difference again between Kafats and Loi Kafats. So says the Gemara, why wouldn't Rav Nachman agree to Rav? Vaharav Kraka Amar, didn't Rav bring the Pasik? Of the Lakach Ba'alav Aloy Shalim, learning Kivan Shikiblu, Habailam Shvuah, Shuvem Shalim Mamain, says the Gemara Amri, they said no, that the literal meaning of the Pasik is to tell you the din that we started out with today with the Mishnah Shavuah is that Lachol Hanishbayim Shabbat Tayram, wherever you have a Torah obligated oath, whether the din of Maidim Amiksas, you have a din of Shmuas Hashemrim, you have a din of Shvuas Eidechad, we'll speak about those dinim when we get there. But wherever there is a biblically imposed oath, it's always that the defendant is the one that swears not to have to pay. V'loi Mishalmin, who the Asim, like it says here, V'lokach Ba'ala, V'loi Yishalim, meaning Misha'ala V'loshalim, who Nishbam. Very good. The one who has to pay is the one that swears not to pay, and not that we impose the oath on the litigant that wants to take money and he swears and noitl. That is not something that we normally say. That is what the Pasuk is used for. Now, Masav Rav Amnuna, Rav is challenging Rav's din and he's quoting a Mishnah. It says, In a case of monetary obligations, going back to the dinim that we're learning recently, that your nishba, and if a person then is moited that they lied, they have to pay keren, says the Mishnah, if the person swore five times. Now, Usinamon Beisdin won't force you to swear five times. But if he swore, I swear that I don't know, and I swear that I don't know. And whether he made it Bifnei or Shulay Bifnei Beisdin, and the Kafar Olav, Chayev Akolachas if the person later admits. So he's Chayev not one Chaymish and Asham, he's Chayev five Chaymshin and five Ashamais, at least according to somebody showing him. And the question is that the din of a person who swears and who was maida, then he's chayv to pay the penalty of a chaymish va'ashem. That's only if he swore to deny a monetary obligation. And one might have thought that once the person already denied it once, he doesn't owe anything. If he doesn't owe anything, then swearing again is not swearing in denial of a monetary obligation. Explains that Abshimin that since if he would have admitted in between the other false oaths, he would have been Chayev. That turns even the second oath into a Kfiras Mamin. Now hold on. The question is, You can't say that he took an oath without the request of Beisdin because the Mishnah uses the words Hishbi'a Olaf, not Hishbi'oi. Hishbi'oi would mean that the litigant, the Tayin, is saying, You owe me money. Hishbiya Olaf means that because of the litigants' taina, they imposed an oath, meaning Beisden imposed the oath. And more than that, you can say that maybe even though Beisden imposed an oath, but he took it Chutzla Beisden. Why not? Because you can't say Chutzla Beisden li Matzis Amrat because the Mishnah explicitly says Ben Bebezin, the right Obein Shleibif Nei Beisden. 
So therefore, here you see, again, according to the Havamina, Rav Amnuna understood that Rav's din, that once a person takes an oath, you don't believe Edim, even goes to the case of Nishba, and then he is Moida. Here he was Nishba, and he's Moida, and he's Chayv to pay five penalties. Says the Gemara, whom I love him, Rav Amnuna responded, ah, here also, that Litzadadim Kitani. The answer is, is that this Mishnah has to be broken down into two different scenarios, Litzadadim, which would mean Hishbiya Allah. Yes, the Mishnah uses the words that Bezdin made him swear, but then the Mishnah is only speaking about a case that the Bezdin imposed oath he made out of Bezdin. All five times. Or when the Mishnah says that he is Bifnei Beisdin in Beisdin, Beisdin didn't impose the oath. So when the draft say is Din, that once he swears, his mamash believed, you don't reopen the case, when it was both imposed by Beisdin and it was sworn in Beisdin. Masav Rava, Rava is still not happy. Rav now is going to challenge the din of Rav. It says in Ebrayim, but the normal case, a balabaz says, that's what we're calling the Shaymer, the balabaz. He is denying that he has it by claiming it was stolen from him. Says the Nishba, and then the Ah, now Nishba v'Hoida. The thing is, you have to pay Chaymish Anashim. And now Adim come and say that he himself stole it by trying Tanas Ganav. The penalty is kafel. So what do you do over here? Says the Brice of the following: That Im Achiloi Bo'u Adim Hoida. If he admitted before Adim come, in other words, the moment he was Moida, he was Chayv to pay Chayv to pay Chaymish Anashim. And let's learn Pshat now. That he was Maida and he's Chayv to pay Kenan Chamesh Asham, he sort of say acquired that article. So now there won't be more the din of Kefel, because Kefel is only when he has someone else's article that he claimed is not here because of Ganav. Here it's already his own. So he's only going to be Mishalam Kenan Chamesh Asham and not Kefel. However, if first Adam come, and therefore the din of Kefel kicked in first, I, he's being Maida later. And that Hoida should bring upon him another Chiyuv of Chaymish and Asham. Im Shubo Edim Hoida. He's Mishalim. Look at this, the Keren, obviously. Kefil, because of the Edim. And then Asham. Now, by the way, we had the Sugyan Daf Samachay Amad Aleph. And we read out the Rashi at the end of the Amad Aleph that says, first of all, this is only Shitas Rabbi Yaakov, who holds that only in the case, Bishashavin, said the Gemara there. As Rashi says, if the amount of the kefal and the amount of the chaymish are exactly the same as we worked it out over there in Daf Samachay, there we say he's taka chayiv both. He's chayiv the kefal because of the edim. He's chayiv the chaymish because he was moida. But one payment covers both chiyuvim. So Keren, he pays the kefal, which also is the chaymish, and the asha. So now that's the brayso says the Gemara asks Rav of Ache Herzachain. Chutz lebeizdin you can't argue, or the kafetz you can't argue. Why not? Because like we mentioned, kula alma moida the din of kefil the of balabais elhu elohim is only applicable when it was a beizdin imposed oath that was made in front of beizdin. So that's for sure what happened. And the question is, you pay the keren. Why would you pay the keren? Elo. And again, if you're going to tell me that the din of Tain Tanas Ganav is an exception, according to the current Havamina, that was only the exception by Tain Tanas Ganav and Adam and coming to contradict you. But the din of Chaymish, the din of Nishba Vahoida, according to the Havamina, was that Rav holds that if that oath was taken and based in, even if the Baldover himself is Moida, he won't have to pay a Chaymish and Asham because Bezin closes the case. So therefore, Rava has to redefine and limit the rule of Rav. Rava, Herzachain, Kol whenever there's the din of Nishbava Haydam, even, even if he took an oath in court imposed by code, Loishna Toin Tanas Avad, Loishna Toin Tanas Ganev. The din is loy Rav. Rav did not say that you don't reopen the case. That is the whole portion by Yikra. That if he was Maida, then we will penalize him and he will owe not only the Keren, but a Chaymish and an Asher. 
The words Vihisvada are written both at the end of Ayikra and on Parshish Nasi. And that din is the Bayeshalomi Karim Chaimish. Likewise, Toyin Tanas Ganov, here it's also an exception. Even if he made an oath in the Baisdin, Vikara Valabais El Huelohim, and Adam come later and say that he himself is the Ganev, also Namilo Yomarav, the Hog, Sif, Tashlumi Kefal, that's the Parsha of Toyin Tanas Ganov. Kiko Amar. Adding what the Bach inserts, Rav is Kigoyim, it's the Toyin Tanas Ovat, where he gives a Taino that is not included in Toyin Tanas Ganov. And Venishba Veloi Hoidem. Even if Adam come, since he swore, he's not going to be liable. In other words, Rav limits to a degree the Din of Rav. Now, the way we explained the Rav Hamnunas question before from the Mishnah, Yishbiya Olav, Hamisha Pa'amin. And there we explained that Rav Hamnuna's question was based on the premise that he understood that even Rav is saying that the whole din of Nishba and Maida, Asham and Chaimish is only Chutzla based in, not the way Rav understood it. I'm sorry that Rav's din is even if he swore inside based in. Imagine. And that Rav's din is even on in front of based in, that once he swears in based in, even if he's Maida, he doesn't pay a Keren and a Chaimish. That was the premise for his question. So Rav, Rav Gamda says like this, Amr Rav Gamda, that for Amr Ravashi, when Rav Gamda was repeating Rava's limitation and Rav's rule in front of Ravashi, Amr Leir said, Ravashi, Herzachayim, Hashto, Marav Hamnuna. And as we keep on learning, Rav Hamnuna, Rav Hamnuna Sava, who became the Rosh Yeshiva after Rav, at least we spoke out to Isvis and, and the Rashbam, who was the Talmud of Rav, Viyada do Amar Rav Hoide. He heard Rav's din directly, and he asked the question from the Mishnah of the Hamisha Pa'amim, which implies that he understood that Rav's din is even if a person is Nishba in Bay's din, and he's Moida, Rav is saying that he won't have to pay the Kenel Chemish Va'asham, which is why he contradicted him from that Mishnah. So, according to you, this is not a question from that Mishnah. So, if Rav Hamnuna applied Rav more broadly, if Rav Amnuna did not say that the din of Maida, Keren Chaimish Va'asham, is an exception to the law of Rav, but Rav said his din, even in a case of Maida, you know that he didn't apply it there? So, Rav Ashi, no. Rav Amnuna's question is even when we understand Rav, the way Rav limited Rav's ruling, that turning to Dav, that Im Omart Bishleiman Nishbam, if you're going to say not like Rav, that if a person swears in based in Kiyosi Eden Michayav, Yibchal not can accept the din of Rav. Oath is not the ultimate proof, Eden is the ultimate proof. This will be the only rationale that will explain the Mishnah of a person swearing five times in denial. Then the Mishnah says he's chayif to pay for each one, and Asham and a chaymish. Why? And now we're quoting the words of Rab Shimon. In other words, here's the key. When a person takes an oath, denying that they owe money and their maida, they're only chayiv, the penalty of a asham and a karman, if it was an oath denying money. Once a person took an oath once, you can argue he's no longer chayiv money because it's already denied. So why will he be chayiv also for the second oath? So Rav Hamnuna says that is a proof that even after the first denial, it is still considered a monetary obligation. Why is it considered a monetary obligation? It has to be because, not like Rav, because since if Adam come, we will believe the Adam. So even though he denied it, but it's still considered a monetary obligation because potentially he might still owe the money if Adam come. Now, why did the Rav Shimon use the words because he could admit? So Rashi explains that's to address another problem. That aside of the scenario that it's still considered a kfiras mamain, because Adam, not like Rav, will make him have to pay. But there's another issue, which is like Rashi says here, ein shvua halal shvua. So to address why don't we apply the ein shvua halal shvua, it should be an irrelevant oath. It's not an irrelevant oath because he could have admitted. But everything has to be based on the fact that it's Kfiras Mamain, that's Rav Amnunas Kasha, because 
not like Rav, because Adam can extract money from him if Adam come. Elo Yomar ki also Adam Potter, but if you Rav are right, even the way Rav learns Rav, even the, the way Rav learns Rav, again that Rav says that if you took an oath and based in, and he is Moida, that's an exception to the rule, if he is Moida. But if he is not Moida, that's what Rav says, Adam won't be believed. If Adam won't be believed, then Mi'ik and Midi, how can there be something? That the Iluasi Sadim is Potter. If Adam would come after the first oath, we would not even believe the Adam. So, we're going to make his second oath and his third oath be relevant. Be a Why is it a Kfiras Mamain? Because he could admit. Okay, Zolzain, that if he admits, the way Ravah says Rav, he'll be chayv to pay the Kerem Chaymish and Asham. So what? He did not admit. He took an oath once and an oath twice and an oath thrice. So therefore, his question is a good question, even the way Ravah limits the din of Rav. And therefore, the only answer that Amnona had is to say that the Mishnah is Litzdodim. Gewaldik. Okay. Continues the Gemara. Omar, Rabchia, Omar Abchia, Bar Abba, Omar Abyechanon, says Rabchia in the name of Abyechanon, and Nuhalacha, Hatoyin Tanas Ganav Bipikodoin. If a person, let's go back to the din of Hatoyin Tanas Ganav, a person was a Shoymer Chinom, and then he takes an oath, Avkuvavam at base by the two dots, and he takes an oath denying that he has the article by claiming that it was stolen from him. And then Adam come, and Adam say that he himself is the Ganev. So we have the Din, which is Din based on Psukim, Mishalem Tashlumi Kefil, he has to pay Kefil. At Khan, there's no Chiddush. That's the Din of Toyntanas Ganev. So now adds Rabbi Yechanan, if Tavach Umachar, if this Shoimer slaughters or sells the animal, and let's go the Gemara, the way Rambam understands Rabbi Yechanan, after he takes an oath, which means that now, potentially, if Adam would come to prove that he's a liar, he's like a god of himself, he pays Kefal. So now, if he is Tavachum Achar, he has to pay Abarav Hamish. How does Rabbi Yechanan know it? He says, Pashat, Amamotzinu. He says, Hoyel Vigana Vigana Vishalom Kefal. Since we find that the penalty for a Ganev is double. And the Torah says regarding a Ganev that if after he stole the Toyin Tanaz Ganev, he has to pay. I'm sorry, and Toyin Tanaz Ganev is like a Ganev even though he's a shamer. But the moment he tines with an oath that it was stolen, the traitor says that if he's found to be a liar through Adam, he has to pay Kefal, which means we compare him to a Ganev. He says, Rabbi Yechanan, Ma Ganev Shum Shalom Kefal, If Tavach HaMachar Mashalom Tashlum Yabam HaMisha, Av Toyin Tanaz Ganev Bepikadoin, And let's take out the Chav, Shuhu Mishalom Tashlum Kefal, Which means he's like a thief. So it makes sense that if Tavach Umachar, he should be Mishalim Tashlumi Arba Vechamisha. That is the rationale behind Rabbi Yechanan's din. Asks the Gemara against Rabbi Yechanan, Maliganov, Shekei Mishalim Tashlumi Kefal, Shuloi Bishvua. A Ganav for someone that even if he didn't swear, they caught him with Adam. He has to pay Kefal. In other words, it's a more serious offense. But by a Tanas Ganav, when does the trader say that if Adam come and say that this guardian actually has that article, or he himself ate it up, in other words, he is the Ganav, that's only if he swore in denial. In other words, So he's not as great as a Ganav, he has to sin more to be Chayef Kefal. So if he's really more lenient than the Ganav, how do you, Rabbi Yechanan, just by making Abba Memotzinu, know that he's Chayev Dalid Vehei? So Amri, they answered that it's not Abba Memotzinu, but it's a Hekeshi. And now if you remember, we had this extensively above, and Daf Samach Gimon, in Parshas Mishpatim, you have in Perik Chav Beis, Psukim Vav, Zayin, and Ches, if you remember, we had their two Braises. And they understand the flow of those psukim differently. Now, literally, all the psukim vav zayin and ches is speaking about a shomer chinam, who was the tayin tanas ganav. However, one b'raisa held that pasig vav is actually speaking about the din of a ganav himself. Even though, if you look in the chumash in pasig gimel, the trader already taught us that a ganav has to pay kefil. 
But nevertheless, they learn that Pasuk Vav is a repetition for reasons of the din of a Ganif. And then Zayin and Ches is speaking about Hatoy and Tana's Ganif. And that will be the Hekish, meaning that the fact that the Torah juxtaposes dinim of Ganif and the dinim of Hatoy and Tana's Ganif, says Rabbi Yechinon, a Ganif pays Dalad Vehei by Tavachumachar, Hatoy and Tana's Ganif pays Dalad Vehei by Tavachumachar. But that's only good, says the Gemara Ha'ni Chalamando Amar and Daf Samach Gimel, that Chad be Ganif, that Pasik Vav is speaking about a Ganif, the Chad and Pasik Zayin and Ches is speaking about Toy and Tana's Ganif. Then you take a have a Hekish, you have a Smichus, and you have this rule that Ein Meshiv and Allah Hekish. You can't, with logic, refute a Limud that's learned from the Smichus, from the Torah juxtaposing one Halacha with the other. Elamando Amar, the first wide line on Kuvavam and Beis, that even Pasik Vav, that has the words im yamatzah haganif and pasuk zayin that has v'im lo yamatzah haganif. They are both speaking about toyin tanas ganav because, like we mentioned, the parsha of ganav and pasuk gimel and enoch before that as well. Ma'ikalamemer, you don't have a juxtaposition. Answers the gemara that even according to that tana, since in pasuk vav the Torah says im yamatzah haganav, it's speaking about according to this opinion. But there's an extra hey. Ah, we learned from a hey. If you remember, that's the Rabbi Kiva, Mesech Tosoyta. Ganev HaGanov. There is still a comparison between Toyin Tanaz Ganov to Ganov. And Rabbi Yechanan learns, that's to teach you, that HaToyin Tanaz Ganov, let's go with Shitas Rambam, who swears Tanaz Ganov. Then if he goes and shechts or sells the ox or the goat or the sheep, He's going to be chayv to pay dalad v'hei. Says the Gemara Eisvei Rabchiya Barabal Rabbi Yechanan. He quotes a Braisam. Heichan Shoyri. If a mafkit tells the Shemir Chinam, where is my axe? And to which the Shemir Chinam responds, Nignav. To which the mafkit says, Mashbiacha Ani, I adjure you. Again, that is a way of imposing an oath. And the Shemir says, Amen. That's the classical case of Toyin Tanas Ganov. Then then witnesses come and say, that he ate it. Ah, that he ate it. Not that he has it in his possession. Not that he stole it, that he already ate it. How do you eat an animal? By shechting it. Says the Braiso, you pay careful. In other words, the Braiso is giving you a, an example of the Toyin Tanas Ganov. The problem is, he ate it. If he ate it, he shechted it. If he shechted it, according to Rabbi Echenon, he should be chayv to pay dalad or hay. Can't eat something without shechting it. And we're taking it for granted. A ganav might be a ganav, but to eat treif, that he won't do. And nevertheless, it says, Mishal Tashlumi Kefal. In other words, Tashlumi Kefal in, Tashlumi dalad hay loy, five lines from the wide lines in Kuvava Midbeis. Answers the Gemara Hachavimayeskinon. will have to explain that we're speaking about a person, he's a Ganev, and he's a Reichel Nevelas, that he didn't shech the animal. Had he shechted the animal, he would have to pay the Allah of Vehei. He ate a Nevela. Okay, which is a Doichik. Why do we have to make him into a greater sinner? And, well, if there's no other option, there's no other option, but the Gemara is going to ask that Rabbi Yechen and Luchur could have given a better answer. Vilishnei, asks the Gemara, why didn't Rabbi Yechanan answer, or why didn't they answer explaining Rabbi Yechanan? Kigoyin sha'acholoi that they shechted the animal. And we learned on Daf Ayin, Shitas Rab Shimon, against the Stam Mishnah, which is Rav Meir, whether Shechita she'eina ru'uya shema Shechita. Rab Shimon held Shechita she'eina ru'uya is not called Shechita. And therefore, why don't we say that he shechted the animal? They discovered that the animal was treif. According to Rab Shimon, that's not called an act of shechita, which is why he's not chayv to pay dalal v'hei. Answers the Gemara. They didn't want to answer that. Because we hold, because we hold, that holds, shechita, she'ene ru'uya, is shechita. And by the way, and you'll see that it's a stam mishnah, and halachik is stam mishnah. Which is why Rabbi didn't quote Rav Meir there. So it makes more sense that Rabbi Yechanan is going to hold like Rav Meir. And by the way, Rabbi Yechanan, we just learned, says, Halachik is Mishnah. So therefore, he couldn't answer that the animal was a treif. Still asks the Gemara Vilashani lay, why didn't they answer that the case is Beben Pekua? A Ben Pekua is a din we'll learn in Mesechta Schulen, God willing, when a mother animal, mother cow, was geshachted. And there was a fully developed uh, animal, a fetus, in, in her. 
fully developed meaning that after Shaykhit really knew what he was doing, and immediately after the Shechita, you remove the animal, it's possible for that animal to still live. You have to be an expert Shaykhit to do it. Because normally when you shech the mother, there's no oxygen in the mother, then the baby will die very quickly. But in the event where the animal survived, so that's already a machlekes tanoim, whether you have to shech that animal later. And Shimon Shazuri is of the opinion that that animal does not need to be slaughtered. Oh, so we're speaking about a ben pekor. So that's why he only has to pay kefal, because he ate an animal that he didn't have to shecht. Here also answers the Gemara. No, we didn't want to give that teretz to Rabbi Yechanan, because Rabbeir is the Tana that holds that midoiraisa, you have to shecht the animal. There is a third opinion that says midoiraisa, the animal is already slaughtered, because it was in the mother's womb when you slaughtered the mother, but midorabanan, it doesn't look good. Shecht the animal. Here it's much better. We don't want to say Medrabanan. We're speaking about the Raisa de Kedinim. That Rabbi Yechnan holds the Kirav Meir, the Amar, Ben Pekua, is Tukuna Shechita. This is the Sugin Chula and Daf Ayn Dalit. So that's why that answer was not given. Still asks the Gemara Vilashani Lay, why didn't we answer? Kigayin Shamad Bedin, the Amrulait, Santeloi. In all cases, like in our case, Ashaymer Chinam claimed it was stolen from me. And it was not true. He himself was the Ganav. If the Mafkid, the owner, brought Adim, and they took him to court, and Beisdin believes the Adim, in the case where they were interrogated, then they are to be believed. Once the Beisdin says, not only your Chayev, but they go further, go give him back his property, once they paskin, from that moment onwards, he's not a Shoimer. He's considered Stama Gazlan, and if now he's going to go shecht it or sell it, there's no din of Dalad and Hay. So why didn't he answer that they already told him Tsen and Tenloi? As Rav explained, Omar Rav, Tsen Tenloi, once Beisdin tells any person who has a monetary obligation, including a case of a Shemir Khinim that was trying Tanaz Ganav, if later Tavach Machar, he won't have to pay Dalad Vehei. Because once Beisdin Paskins, it's like that old case is over. Now you owe the money. Whatever that money is. And by the way, here they'll tell him, send, tell me, kefil. But now the kefil is like, I owe him the $200 if that was kefil. If he shechs the animal, no nuchayuvim happened. It's his animal already. My tama, because given the paske, once they gave the psagdin, and the gazlan, only a ganav pays dalavahe. By the way, Rava said that if Bezdin was coming towards their conclusion, but they don't say the words, go give. They just say the words, Chayiv Atalitin, you're obligated to pay. Interesting. You're obligated to pay is not demanding you pay. So it's not finalized. There, if Tavachomachari is Chayiv. And my Tama, we learned that before. Kol Tamadulay Psikolay, Milsa, when it's not a final, conclusive psak. So then, Akataganafu. So bottom line is that we could have found a different answer. To explain why the Mishnah does not, why the Braisa does not contradict Rabbi Yechanan, why didn't we give that? So Amri, so the Gemara, the Bnei Yeshiva says, hold on. When you wanted to contradict Rabbi Yechanan, and I gave you a, an answer, and you're not refuting my answer, you're just telling me, why didn't you give a different answer? What are you telling me? There's only two options? There are three options. There may be four options. And it's never a question why only one of the options were given. Okay, you have many ways of answering it. I gave you one option, you have another. And by the way, if you would only have two, it sometimes appears more problematic. If there's only two, then maybe one, Taka had something better over the other. But the Gemara is going to say, there's only two answers, there's more than that. I'll give you another solution. We had this din before. If two people steal an animal, and they both, two people were guarding an animal, and they both swear that it was stolen. They're both tying Tanas Ganav. In such a case, if Adam would come, then they're both Chayv Kef. What were to happen now if one of them slaughters it? What would happen in the case of two people that steal an animal? And one of them slaughters it? So we learned before, since the Torah says they have to pay Arba Oy Chamisha, we never say Chatsi Arba Chatsi Chamisha. Because if they're two partners, if one of them did tfiqo mechira, if we were to penalize that one, you could only penalize him for half because he's only a half owner. And we have a rule that four or five penalty is never half. Either all of it has to be paid or none of it. So another scenario, two people were shaming him, they both swore falsely. And one of them shechted it, and that's why he ate it. You can't imply it above a chamish. 
So that's another answer. So we have three answers. Elo, Chadamitrei, Vitlasanakat. Why didn't he give all answers? Because he gave one of the three. But the bottom line is, Rabbi Echanan's Shita is not refuted, which is that if a person is tying Tanas Ganov and he takes an oath claiming it was stolen, let's go by Rambam, later if he himself slaughters the animal, he's mamish like a Ganov, that if the animal is either an ox or a goat or a sheep, he has to pay Dalid Vehei. Before we go on, I know we're being recorded, but I lost the connection to the machine. Really don't want to lose this year. Okay, I think we can learn another few lines over here. No, I think we'll stop over here. We're 13 lines from the bottom because we're starting a new sugya. So we're going to stand up and try to fix the machine over here. And then we'll go on Amir Tzashem to the next year. It's Gavaldic. No, it's because we're learning different, different dinim, din by din by din. So we had the Rabsheshes, we had the Av, we had the first Rabbi Yechina, now we're going to learn another din of Rabbi Yechina. One is, one is not connected to the other.